0: Thanks for that, Phil. Am I on? I'm on. You can hear me okay? Good, good. Good, good. That's why Phil was so keen that uh, we see the the kids' video, because he was reading it to us. What a great story that was. I I really enjoyed that. Anyway, hello everyone. My name's Sai. It's great to be speaking to you this morning. I hope you're well and not going lockdown crazy or homeschool mad at this time. This time is tough though. I mean, let's, let's be honest. These days are still physically dark. There's no Christmas to look forward to. The figures of uh, death remains high in the nation, although the uh, uh, infection rate seems to be coming down, uh, which is good, but it is a difficult time in history. And just as Tom said at the beginning, you know, I have good news for you today. God is still on the throne, and He is in control, and He is at work at this time. As Christians, you see, these afflictions that we are facing, God uses them to help us become less focused on the here and now and more focused. On eternity, 2 Thessalonians 1 makes this clear. As you faithfully endure, you bring glory to God through what you do. And as you, as you faithfully endure, you also are storing up for yourself an eternal weight of glory that far outweighs any of the difficulties that you face. Romans 8 makes clear to us. So this pandemic is causing the West to face up to the reality of death. And people are scared. It's interesting Anna brought that word. People are, are scared. Financial security is a real issue, a real problem at the moment. And people are worried in the shadow of this pandemic. And it's in that darkness that the glorious light of the gospel shines out brightly. And God wants to shine through you and me as well. In Philippians 2 verse 16, it says this, Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. God wants to shine through. As you live for Christ... God wants to shine out brightly, like a star through you. Do you know, we've had several words as a church about uh, shining out, shining God's light out, being like stars. And back in November, when I was praying about this uh, vision Sunday that we're speaking on today, I felt God give me four things that He wants us particularly to grow in this year. He wants us to be. He wants to be strengthening. Us in Christ, He wants us to be targeting what we give our time to here on earth. Uh, targeting what we give our time to to be in line, sorry, with what the Spirit leads. He wants us to be advancing His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Which for us to do fully requires our our focus, our energies to be, and our finances, to be resourcing the work the Father has given us to do. Strengthening, targeting, advancing, resourcing, star. Four things God wants us to be giving ourselves to this year as Christchurch to help shine the light of Jesus brightly to the world around us. So, so firstly, strengthening. Now, Quick quiz here from the wonderful world of Marvel. You need to put hands up for that in, uh, in, in, in this room. Who is stronger, Black Panther or Spider-Man? Okay, so um, if you uh, want to put your hands up for... Oh, good, yeah, it's still covered there. Who thinks Black Panther is stronger? Okay, a few in the room. Who thinks Spider-Man is stronger? Okay, a few less in the room. Should we see the answer, please? Uh, Black Panther. Black Panther is stronger according to this top Trump set. Okay, who is stronger, Iron Man or Captain America? Ooh, who thinks Iron Man? Okay, a few in the room. Who thinks Captain America? Okay, more people in the room. don't know what you're thinking at home, but I'm sure you've got your own thoughts. Well, let's see the answer. Uh, it's, Cap- it's Iron Man. It must be with him with his suit on, because obviously Captain America without his suit on isn't very strong. There you go. Okay, lastly, who is stronger, Thor or the Incredible Hulk? Uh, put your hands up if you think Thor. Put your hands up if you think Hulk. Okay, most of you think Hulk, you are right, according to this. It is Hulk is the strongest one there. Now, this is physical strength, and I'm not talking about physical strength. You know, the Bible says in, in 1 Timothy 4, verse 8, for while bodily training is of some value, it's of some worth, it, you know, it's the health benefits and that sort of thing, it's, a, it's worthwhile uh, doing some bodily training, But it goes on to say godliness is of value in every way as it holds the promise not only for this life but also for the life to come. So godliness is the superpower that you guys really want. How do we strengthen ourselves in godliness? How, to put it another way, do we become more Christ-like? How do we strengthen ourselves in Christ? Well, firstly... I've got some really good news for you. It's not about you. It's about God. It's not a Christian self-help improvement program. It's recognizing that you can't do it, are unable to do it, won't do it, in and of yourself. In your flesh, that is. We strengthen ourselves by coming to God and coming to him in submission praying to him, worshipping him, seeking him in his word. And he is the one who strengthens us. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Listen to these beautiful words. Fear not. Some people need to hear that. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous Right hand. Psalm 105, verse 4 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. He's the one that strengthens you and protects you. We go to God. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Timothy 2, verse 1, Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the writer of the Hebrews says to us, it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. God's grace means it's a free gift that he gives you. You don't earn it. You don't need to earn this strengthening from God. Our salvation is a gift, is a grace gift. From God to us. And our sanctification, that is us becoming more Christ like, us being set apart for God more, is the outworking of the grace of God already in your life. So when you're feeling low, when you're feeling fearful, when you've messed up and you've failed, you go to God to receive encouragement, to receive comfort, to receive forgiveness. All thanks to the grace of God. You don't have to think, oh no, I better get my act together before I come to him. You go to him and he will help you. And when you're doing well and you're stepping out in faith, remember, actually that is just the outworking of God's grace in your life. As the Apostle Paul could write, I worked harder than any of them, uh, but not I. It was the grace of God. That is with me. That's 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. How do we receive this strengthening from God? Paul tells us clearly in Ephesians 3 verse 16. He says, That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. It's the Holy Spirit who comes and strengthens you in your inner being. Thanks to Jesus, you can go to God the Father and ask him for fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, for power to be his witnesses here on earth, for power to live for God each day. Don't dig deep down into yourself. You're only going to find sin there, Genesis 6 and Romans 7 make clear. Why would you do that? When you can go to the author of your life, you can go to the one who has all power and who wants to empower you to live for him by his spirit. Don't try to do this time, is what I'm saying, in your own strength. Make sure you regularly, daily go to God And ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit. You need his Spirit in this time. And when you receive that strength, you can go and be a source of strength to those around you. Some of you, if you're honest, some of you watching this, if you're honest, are worried about illness and death. Go to God, who is the one who has your health, your life, your eternal future in his hands. Get refreshing and strengthening from him. And then you can go and strengthen those around you. Because as we've already heard, there is a world out there that is, if it's honest, terrified of what might happen to them or to a loved one. And you have the answer. And it's not the vaccine. People are still going to get ill. Of something at some stage. Even if they have a vaccine and it protects them from this, there's still this side of eternity going to die at some point. And the answer is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1, 27. Jesus is the answer that people need at this time. He is the most important person. And his spirit comes and lives inside of you. He helps prepare you To live for him and prepare you for eternity where you're going to live on a renewed and perfected world for all eternity where there is no illness, where there is no death. When you accepted that you by yourself could no longer do it, that you as Phil read it in that book have have messed up, your your mind's messed up and our deeds have messed up. So we've offended a holy God. When we accept that we can't do it but that Jesus lived that perfect life and he died on the cross to take on himself the punishment for the things that you and I have done so that when we put our faith in him we can be forgiven we can receive his righteousness and just as Jesus was raised from the dead we know that when we die we will go to be with him for all eternity and when uh, when he returns, we will receive a glorious new resurrection body that will never wear out, it will never get sick, it will never grow old. You now, me, uh, me and Anna have lately have been complaining about how we feel, we feel old. And, uh, and Josiah said to me, Dad, what does it feel like to, to be old then, Dad? <laughs> it's like, well, I suppose it just feels like it, it, you ache a bit more and you're a bit more tired all the time. Well, your resurrection body will not ache. It will not get tired. It will be perfect. And we receive that through faith in Jesus. And more than that, here and now, whilst we're still in this body, we have his Holy Spirit in us to give us strength every day. And that's a message that the world needs to hear. And if you're watching this and you haven't accepted Jesus, or if you're in the room here and you don't know Jesus, then that's What you need to do, realize I can't do it by myself. I need him. And if you want to pray a prayer of surrender, then just pray this prayer in your heart along with me now. Heavenly Father, I recognize that I can't live for you by myself. Please forgive me of all the things that I have done wrong. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. By the power of your Holy Spirit, please help me to live the rest of my life for you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that, please contact the office and uh, we'd love to um, speak to you and give you some stuff that can help you in your Christian journey. Or if you're here, you can uh, speak to me afterwards. So draw strength from his Spirit each day. And follow the Spirit's lead is my first point. Secondly, targeting. I need a volunteer for this. Can I have a volunteer in the room. Okay, I think Barney was the first person to, to put his hand up. So you come up the front. This is all COVID secure. It's all put out on Tuesday. So no one's touched it since Tuesday. If you'd like to come up on the stage, come around this side. You lift, lift the cloth off. The sweets are yours, whatever you do. Just throw it on the floor so people can see. Right, you've got three people to shoot, and you've got five bullets to do it. You can take the fruit tellers; they're yours. They're, uh, they're going off in a few uh, weeks' time anyway, so, you know, don't, don't, no expense spared for this. Put the men up, come and stand back here, take the gun and the bullet with you. Yeah, why don't you put it, if you miss, you hit Tom. That would be a good idea as well. So, uh, <laughs> So come and stand back here. Oh, that one came up. Leave that one out. Make sure it's pushed right in when you when you pull it back. When you pull it back. There you go. Oh, nearly. You can cheer him if you want or, you know, encourage him. You could do it. Oh, so close. You've got two left. You could... T- you could Oh, God. No, no, you can get them whatever. Go for it. They, they're yours. Oh, you put it, push it in. It's sticking out a bit. That's it. Oh, look. Yay. Well done. You're back to your seat. Christchurch, while we're called to spread the gospel message liberally, wherever we go, Mark 4 makes that very clear. Your time, your energy is finite. Therefore, we need to use it wisely and fruitfully. If you look at Jesus or what we see in Acts of the early church as our example, whilst they responded to the need around them, they, the, the need didn't dictate what they did. They followed The Holy Spirit's lead. Revival could be breaking out in Capernaum for Jesus or Samaria for Philip. But when the Spirit called them on, they went on following what the Spirit said to do. The Apostle Paul often worked as a tent maker. But even as he did that, his focus was about the work of Christ either showing the church an example or or, get, or or carrying on preaching and focusing on trying to get people to know Jesus my friends god has caused in this time everything to stop several times this year we're in the third time where everything has been called to stop don't neglect to learn the lessons that god has for you in This time. Your life, he has given you, has eternal significance. What are you filling your time with? Worldly things that when God judges it, it will just be burnt up and bring you no fruit? Or things of eternal significance? Before things go back to normal, before this current lockdown ends... Assess what you are giving yourself to. Yes, people need downtime. Yes, people need hobbies. But have they come to dominate your life in an unhealthy way? So you're squeezing out the things of God. What is God leading you to do? What is He calling you to do? He's calling us all to be servants and to serve His kingdom. That's for definite, but He has specific things. For each of us to do. But make that decision now. That before things return to normal. You're going to give yourself. You're going to target your time. Onto things of eternal significance. On spreading the gospel to those outside of the church. And also to the next generation within the church as well. Let's give ourselves to the work of God. And part of that, if you're based here in in Helsham or the surrounding area, is through the work of Christchurch. If God's called you to be part of us, all that we put on has that purpose of spreading the gospel and of raising up the next generation to go out and live the gospel as well. So things like kids' work, Youth Work, Little Gems, Keys, Prayer Meetings, Love Helsham, Food Bank, the Pregnancy Crisis Centre that we, in time, will uh, be setting up, the Welcome Team, the Task Team. They should be overrun with volunteers as we come back because that's engaging in fruitful service for the kingdom. Not really your thing. Oh, I don't really, don't really do, kids. Well, that's great because it's not about you. It's about serving the work of God. That's why the Apostle Paul, in two Corinthians six verse four, says this. He says, "As servants of God, we command ourselves in every way." And he goes on to say this: by great endurance, afflictions, and he goes to a list goes on of beatings and that sort of thing. Uh, it's hard work. He's saying, as well as the fact we commend ourselves, he goes on to write with the things that we might expect, like the Holy Spirit and the power of God and genuine love and all that sort of thing. There's also hard work that God wants us to get involved with here and now that's fruitful work for his kingdom. And the Lord will reward you as you faithfully serve him. Make the decision today not to fritter your time away but to focus it, to target, target it on things of eternal significance that the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Okay, thirdly, advancing. As we strengthen ourselves in Christ and engage and persevere in the specific things that the Holy Spirit has given us to do, we will see his kingdom advance here as it is. In heaven, it's part of the Lord's prayer. But remember that part of the Lord's prayer. It says, "Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven." To see King, God's kingdom advance, we need to make sure that our desires, our will, is surrendered to His will. And God's not some unconcerned dictator who doesn't care about you. He's your loving heavenly father what he has for you is better than what you would have for yourself anyway as you surrender your time your energy your finances to the work of the kingdom god will extend it through you and reward you for serving him in this way god is calling us to advance his kingdom this year so, when you get that internal struggle between God saying to you, you know, do, do this, and you thought, oh no, but I want to do that. And you have that battle going on inside of you, you know what I'm talking about, that tug of war between your flesh and your spirit. Can I say, let God win, follow his lead, don't engage in a tug of war with him like these people in this video are about to do? It was, uh, it was good fun uh, doing that. Chris won the first one. I won, won the next two. So it was quite, quite evenly matched. I thought he was going to beat me. but <laughs> Follow God's lead. Don't engage in a tug of war with him. Would be my advice. He win ultimately anyway. So, uh, but yeah, follow his lead. Okay, finally, resourcing. We serve... A God who made everything. And he has given us everything that we have in the first place. He gives us the privilege of co-resourcing his works here on earth with what he's given us in the first place. And as we do that, he will continue to provide for you. But he will also reward you with treasure in heaven the Bible says, and it has a double benefit of not only rewarding you with treasure in heaven, but helping you to become more heavenly minded as you give to him. Jesus is clear. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Apostle Paul writes, for the love of money. So the most misquoted verse this is, it's not money is the root of all evil, but for the love of Of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It's through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God or woman of God, flee these things. How do you flee from the love of money? How do you make sure that your love for God doesn't dwindle? By investing your treasure, Jesus is clear, in the things of God. Then your heart will be on heaven and on him, not here. Strive to become cheerful givers, as the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. In in this church, you know, we have lots of faithful, cheerful givers. And can I just say thank you, if you're one of them. I don't know what any of you give, I only know what I, I give. But can I say God does, and Just thank you for your generosity. The fruit of your giving is resulting in praise and glory to God. It's helping you be more heavenly minded. It's helping you be spared from some earthly pains too. And helping store up for yourself rich treasure in heaven. As it's been said before, you can't take the money with you when you die. But you can send it on ahead of you by being generous here and now and afterwards through any legacies and that sort of thing as well. So well done, faithful givers. But my friends, if that's not you, and as I said, I don't know where you are on this, can I strongly encourage you as your pastor, as someone who cares for you, let alone for any kingdom advancement reasons, but begin this journey in investing your money, your finances in the kingdom of God. For some of you, you need to hear that. That God sees. I don't know, but God knows. He knows what you give. He knows that you're happy to live of the benefit of what other people are giving towards the work of God here. And yet he's called you to play your part in cheerfully and generously giving to extending the kingdom here. You're not reflecting the Father, the heavenly, your Heavenly Father, who is generous. That's an area where you're not being Christ-like, who, though he was rich for your sake, became poor. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. You need to let the Spirit of God strengthen you in this area. Otherwise, you will walk with a limp, and you will get distracted, more distracted, by the cares of this world, causing yourself many problems and robbing yourself of the privilege of investing in advancing the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. If you're looking for a principle to follow, then the principle given in scripture and confirmed in, before the law was given and confirmed in the law, is, is 10%. God's given you everything you have anyway he wants back from you less than the uh, tax man requires from you. But for some of you might think, oh, I, I, I just can't give that amount. That's just, that's too much. Okay, well start with what you've got faith for. Not pocket change at the end of the month, but a decision of the will as to I'm going to give 25 pounds or whatever it is you've got faith for in your heart to give towards a church. As an issue of faith, you're going to do it. Rob, do you want to come and just share quickly in the microphone up there, what, what your experience of this is? Yeah.
1: Yeah, good morning everyone. Um, so I just wanted us to share, for me to share um, myself and, and Georgie's, Georgie's experience of giving. Um, early on in our marriage, we felt challenged to tithe, um, to give 10%, and that's something we've aimed to do throughout our marriage. And it's not always been easy, Um, and as our finances have changed, we've obviously looked to review our uh, giving each month. But the main thing I wanted to share today was something that happened when our children were very young, and Georgie wasn't working, so we were down to one income, which, as many of you all know, is a challenge. And we found that uh, we would set up a standing order so that every month our tithe would come out to the church, and we went through a season where... At the end of every month after all the bills had been paid and everything else we'd spent on we weren't always able to afford to give to the church um, but the standing order came out and we found sadly that we were going overdrawn at the end of the month by almost exactly what we wanted to give to the church and so mathematically you know the numbers are easy if we stopped giving we would have been fine but we didn't feel that was the right thing to do so we prayed into it and spoke to some christian friends about it and we were reminded in the Bible that it says to give your first fruits to God. Um, and so instead of not giving, what we did was change the date of our standing order, which sounds like a strange approach. But what we did was instead of giving to the church at the end of the month after everything else had come out, we changed it so that at the, end, at the beginning of every month, once we were paid, our giving to the church was the very first thing that came out. And from that moment, we didn't go overdrawn anymore. And God really blessed us and, uh, and looked after us. So, the, so that was our experience of giving. We felt challenged to give first rather than at the end after everything else.
0: Amen. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for being honest. Let's applaud him. Yeah. Good. <clears throat> Once you get there, live in the freedom, my encouragement would be to you, of the New Testament Of 10%, well, yep, that's your baseline. And you're saying, God, how much do you want more? Do you want me to be investing in the kingdom this year? This is a year where God is calling us to be serious about experiencing the joy of becoming cheerful givers in Christ. And parents, this is a good thing to be teaching your children too, because God will bless them and God will reward them as they do it. So my friends, this is a difficult time and God wants us to shine like stars, the light of Christ in this dark world around us. And we will do that, we will shine more brightly as we are strengthened in Christ. We target what we do to be in line with where the Spirit is. Leads. We see his kingdom advancing here on earth as it is in heaven. And we use our resources to partner with heaven in the work that the Father has for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that all things are from you, Lord God. All things... You deserve the praise and the glory of all things, Lord God. You can do all things. And yet we, as your people, have the wonderful privilege of working alongside you, of co-labouring with you, Lord God. And Lord, we just pray that we here at Christ Church and those looking in, Lord God, that you would just meet with us afresh, that you would strengthen us in. Christ, Lord God, you would help us to be strong in this difficult time. Help us to draw upon your Holy Spirit. Fill us even now afresh, I pray, and help us to shine out your light more brightly, Lord God. Help us to choose to target what we do, Lord God, to be th- on things that are of eternal significance, Lord God. We want to give ourselves to things that produce eternal fruit. Lord God. And Father, thank you. We have the privilege of being able to do that in you, Lord God, because we want to see your kingdom advance here, Lord God. We want to see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, in Helsham, in Wilden and in the surrounding area, Lord God, and on earth as it is in heaven, Lord God. And Lord, we want to play our part, Lord God, on giving back to you of what you've already given to us. Lord God, Lord, we thank you for your generosity towards us. And we thank you, Lord God, that you will sustain us, you will provide for us, Lord God. And I just pray that you would just just put your seal of blessing on those, Lord God, who have learned this lesson already, Lord God, and those that are struggling with it, Lord God. Just come and strengthen them in this area, Lord God, so that they too can live in the freedom and the joy of being cheerful givers to you. Oh God, we pray this for your glory and for your fame. In Jesus' name, amen.